Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is the Juice on the Cues podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Good morning, Syracuse. Welcome back to the Juice on the Cues podcast presented by Rivals.com. I'm your host, Wes Chang. Thanks so much for joining us on this Monday, May 22nd, 2023. And wow, what a busy week it was in the Syracuse football and basketball world. Let's get started with the hardwood. Kansas guard Kyle Cuff Jr. and Florida State center Naheem McLeod both committed to Syracuse. Cuff is really the third guard that Autry was looking for in his rotation, a combo guard that can come off the bench and play point guard. McLeod will likely be the team's starting center after the departure of Jesse Edwards. It looks like Syracuse's 2022-23 roster is set, assuming that Judah Mintz is staying in the NBA draft. On the gridiron, it was a great week for Syracuse as well. Syracuse getting commitments from portal transfer offensive lineman David Wolobaugh from Kentucky, defensive backs Jaleel Smith from Nebraska, and Jacoby Seaborn and Barry Buxton from Santa Barbara, CC. And we welcome on Barry now. Barry, thanks so much for coming on the program. How are you today? I'm doing good. How about you? Yeah, Barry, doing really well. Get you started on this one. Congratulations on committing to Syracuse. What ultimately made you pull the trigger? Um, just being out there on my visit. It was really, it was a really nice time, and it looked different than what I had been used to. And then talking to the coaches and stuff, they brought in a lot of new defensive coaches, especially. And talking to the coaches that I got to meet out there made me really excited for what I could do in the defense. It being a three-three-five and things like that. So yeah, you mentioned the three-three-five. Did the coaches tell you how you'd fit into the secondary? Uh, yeah, they would want me out there playing corner, which is my position. And so, yeah, that's what I'll be doing. A lot of man, things like that. So I'm excited to do that, play around with their coverages and things. Barry, tell me about the kind of cornerback you are. Um, I'd say I'm a physical corner, but at the same time, I'm very disciplined and don't rely only on my strength. So I'm still I'm long and physical, but I'm also technical at the same time and smart at my position. So I'm say I'm a technician more than anything. Barry, you committed to Syracuse with your teammate Jacoby Seaborn. How cool is it for you to have a teammate from JUCO joining you at the FBS level? Um, it's really, I mean, I don't know about other people, but it's a really exciting thing to have happen because coming from junior college together, we had a lot of the same things that we were working on, grinding a lot. And having the opportunity to have someone with this exact, like the same mentality as you going with you to the same level helps you because we can help push each other out since we play the same position. Uh, so, Barry, I know you're a Southern California guy. You played high school ball in San Diego. Santa Barbara is right outside Los Angeles. You're in Syracuse, New York now. Was location a factor for you? Uh, yeah, it was a big thing for me, like being away from my family, because if I'm playing football, especially at Syracuse, it's going to be a year round. So, and just being able to, when I was at Santa Barbara, I could just come back and forth, but being in uh Santa Bar- in New York, it'll be much I won't be able to come home as much. So it's definitely something that I was 
thinking about when I was deciding. Was it the pull of playing Power 5 football that made you tilt the other way? Yeah, I think the level of competition in the ACC is exactly what you need to be able to get to the NFL because you need to be playing guys that are good enough to be there as well if you want to get good enough to play. So it was just the level of competition being so high made it really exciting for me to go there. And Barry, we'll get you out of here on this one. What do you have to say to the Syracuse fans listening? Um, I'm excited to come out there. I'm excited to get out there summer. And then once the season starts, get to work and show y'all what I can do. Thank you, Barry. Really appreciate it. All right. No problem. Thank you. Barry Buxton, ladies and gentlemen. Buxton played two seasons with Santa Barbara CC, finished with 23 tackles across 11 games. In 2022, Santa Barbara finished the season 10-1 and with a win over Desert in the SBCC Beach Bowl. He's definitely a great depth piece in the secondary. Definitely looking forward to seeing him in the fall. We'll take a quick break. I'll be joined by the Juice Online's editor-in-chief, Brad Bierman. After, I'm Wes Chang. This is the Juice on the Cues podcast. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, there's been plenty of activity in the transfer portal for both Syracuse basketball and football. Let's take a deeper dive into that with the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, I mentioned this at the top of the show, but Syracuse landed commitments from Kansas guard Kyle Cuff Jr., Florida State Center Naheem McLeod. What do you think of the roster Red Autry's assembled? And you have to think with Cuff coming in, it's all but certain that Judah Mintz is staying in the NBA draft. Well, certainly, Wes, let's start out with the job that uh, Adrian Red Autry has done in the first three months as head coach. And he's putting his own spin and a fresh invigoration of the program from top to bottom. And, and let's face it, with all respect to the Hall of Famer Jim Beheim, he got to coach his sons two years ago this past season, missed the NCAA tournament. The program was, in fact, getting stale, and, and, and it was time for a change. And I think Jim Beheim was the first to say that. He noticed that at the end of February, time for a change. That being said, uh, the change now the Red Autry and putting his personal touches on how he'd like to run a college basketball program here approaching the um, you know mid-2020s and how the game has changed with three-point shooting and how there's tremendous athletes all over the place and how easy it is for players to transfer uh, from one roster to another in the transfer portal uh, uh, era and the different uh, periods during the year. And then, of course, uh, the new age of NIL for players, the opportunity uh, to not just only get a scholarship playing basketball, but also uh, to get you know, paid for that as well and uh, think about their future as, as business, as agents themselves, as professional athletes. 
So that being said, great job by Autry. Uh, when you look at the roster top to bottom, and I kind of look at it in quarters, Wes, if you will, and I'll start with the backcourt. Uh, J.J. Starling, uh, Chance Westry, Kyle Cuff, and Kadir Copeland, the returnee. So you look at those four players, and you look at last season, Joe Girard, Judah Mintz, and, and Samir Torrance. So I certainly think you see an upgrade there, athleticism and speed and pace and the versatility, the interchangeable uh ways that these players can play on the court at different positions and do different things against opposing defenses is just intriguing. Then you look at the four uh, up front. I, I uh, put those together as Justin Taylor, Chris Bell, Malik Brown, and Benny Williams, poised to have a breakout junior season. So, again, players that are going to only improve. If you go back to the, that original class of five that Jim Beheim had recruited in his second to last year, he raved about getting a player at each position how good they were, and I really think you're going to see the fruits of that development this season from uh, at least four of those original five commutes, uh, commits excuse me, in that Jim Beheim class. And then you go to the four uh, uh, big men down low with uh, Nahima Kaplad, as you mentioned, transferring in from Florida State, returning Manir Hema, interchangeable part in Peter Carey, see how he develops after taking a medical redshirt, and then newcomer William Patterson. So all in all, Wes, those 12 players, uh, scholarship players right now, the ways that this coaching staff is going to coach these players up uh, when they can over the summer informally and then, of course, in preseason, really excited to see that. And, uh, you know, thumbs up for the job that Autry, uh, Jerry McNamara, Alan Griffin, and um, Strawn, the new assistant, Brendan Strawn, have done in scouring the transfer portal and then recruiting for the class of 2024. Brad, over to football, we spoke with Barry Buxton earlier. He was part of a large group of incoming transfers that included legacy recruit David Wollabaugh. What do you think of these transfers, and what else does the football team need to do with its remaining scholarships? Well, that's a quick note on Dave Wollabaugh Jr. Uh, there. Always makes me feel old when see legacy recruits in the Syracuse program and can go back uh, to, to remember when their fathers played and covering them. So, Great addition. Let me kind of start with this. Syracuse is the kind of program we know has to build depth, especially now in the ACC. It's just critically important because of injuries. And we saw what happened. Sure, a 6-0 start was great last year for the football team, but it it was every week they were losing a a top uh, starter or quality player uh, that meant a lot to the program in 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 the 2D. So you have to develop depth, and you always hear the phrase, you know, next man up, and, you know, we have young players here that are, you know, anxious to get playing time. Well, the reality is they've got to get that experience, and you're going against a pretty good, you know, non-conference schedule, have that Purdue game, and then, of course, excuse me, of course, in the ACC, uh, it's just, it's murder. I mean, these games are so competitive. There's so much athletic talent uh, that a defense has got to stop, and then, offensively, you, you know, you, you have to worry about making sure you have a sufficient play at line. Coach Babers has said, offensive line, defensive line. So you can never have enough depth at those positions. And then overall, you can't have enough depth for a program like Syracuse uh, when, when injuries occur. As far as specifically the defensive backs go, you know, great additions, lost a lot. Uh, and again, these players can step in, the JUCO transfers, the, the other transfer portal players from Notre Dame and Nebraska, step in, compete for playing time, but at the minimum provide that much needed depth for this program. So moving forward, position-wise, Wes, 
Well, you know, I still think the quarterback room's a little better. Uh, sure, it was, you know, great getting uh, the, the late transfer, uh, Davis from South Carolina, but there was only three players in that room to begin with. Now there's four. So I don't think there's ever a time when you can't have enough quarterbacks. And, uh, again, I'll reiterate having both lines. You know, you, you need a good D-line in the ACC. You need to put pressure on the opposing quarterback. And, uh, likewise, you need to be able to protect your talented players, uh, skill position players offensively. So adding more depth, see what the special teams can do. That's going to be an interesting area. I think one of the great transfers uh, for the season upcoming is going to be uh, the punter Stonehouse from Missouri. So uh, interesting there. And, I, I, you know, I, I think the coaching staff has done the best they can at the Syracuse program where it you know, ranks in its, you know, list of, of schools in the ACC and national and recruiting in getting the best type of player they can, either from the JUCO ranks, the transfer portal, that they hope they can develop over the next two to three seasons to get productivity from them. And Brad, we're running out of show. You got a closing thought for us? Also uh, a sad week for Syracuse Athletics. Uh, Wes, as you mentioned, how busy it was on the recruiting and transfer portal front, Uh, but sad with the passing of all-time great Jim Brown. And wanted to share a couple of quick antidotes about Jim Brown that I've always said about his career at Syracuse. Number one, no doubt, should have been the 1956 Heisman Trophy winner, plain and simple. Uh, he finished fifth in the voting. Uh, Paul Hornig at Notre Dame uh, won it from a 2-8 and eight Notre Dame team. Never before or after has a Heisman Trophy winner come from a losing team. Uh, there was a lot of prejudice uh, and bias in this country at the time. A lot of Southern voters would not vote for Jim Brown, an African-American playing at a school in the Northeast in 1956 in just eight regular season games ran for 986 yards 13 touchdowns just a missed extra point away from uh at least tying tcu in the cotton bowl that year losing 28 27 and uh a funny story about that heisman season uh johnny majors the great tennessee player and later coach finished runner-up to hornick in the heisman that year and he was often asked by tennessee fans if he felt slighted that he should have won the award and, you know, was he the player that should have won the 1956 Heisman? And his answer was no, Jim Brown. So that, that's quite a statement coming from uh, one of his contemporaries that year. And the other note, I, I've always marveled at Jim Brown at, at Syracuse. Of course, he was 10 varsity letter winner in four different sports, uh, unheard of, and then had the longstanding record of 43 points in a game in his final season, senior season 56 against Colgate six touchdowns, seven extra points. That record stood until 1990 when Howard Griffin of uh, Illinois scored eight touchdowns in a game and has since been tied. But those two incredible achievements, also a a great ambassador for the school, was in the Army ROTC, Army Reserve, was the class marshal at his graduation and uh, famously uh, had his career with the Cleveland Browns, the NFL, the Hall of Fame, and his uh, actions throughout his entire life uh, for social causes that he believed in. So just a shout-out to the, the great all-time Syracuse athlete, Jim Brown, passing away this week at the age of 87. 
Brad, I'm going to close the show today on Carmelo Anthony. On Monday morning, Carmelo Anthony announced his retirement from the NBA after 19 seasons. The 10-time All-Star and three-time Olympic gold medalist will be forever remembered for his one season at Syracuse when he led the Orange to the 2003 National Championship, averaging 22 points and 10 rebounds. He went on to star for the Denver Nuggets and the New York Knicks as one of the most prolific scorers in NBA history. Congratulations to him on an outstanding career and will ultimately be a first ballot Hall of Fame selection. That's it for us. I want to thank my guest, Syracuse defensive back Barry Buxton, the Juice Online editor-in-chief Brad Bierman, and this is Wes Chang reminding you that I remember when I used to be really into nostalgia. You've been listening to the Juice on the Juice podcast presented by Rivals.com, and we'll see you next time.